This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, thank you for sticking around for the early evening edition. You were there for the late afternoon edition. It is uh, Wednesday, 6th December, Year of the Lord, 2023. I want to start uh, with one of the most cutting-edge group of fighters out there, that's Liberty Council, Matt Staver, joins us. Matt, you had a, a great uh, article or piece uh, about you, about uh, the VAX. I want to get that for a second, but we've had the audience has been growing exponentially. There are a lot of people on here that may not have seen your previous hits on War Room. One, why is Liberty Council always in the news? Why, why it seems like every time there's an interesting case or some sort of fight, somehow you guys are either hanging around the rim or in the middle of the fight. What is Liberty Council and what do you guys do? Well, Liberty Council is a national organization, religious liberty, sanctity of human life, God's design for marriage and family. That's what we focus upon, and we do that in the courts and public policy. But we're involved in some of the most incredible issues that we face in the country, and certainly in the COVID shot mandate, the lockdowns, we were very much involved in that. In 2020, we filed suit on behalf of churches and places of worship, and we won five to four at the Supreme Court of the United States in December 2020, and then again 6-3 in December of uh, 2020 was the first win, and then uh, 2021 we won again, and that was involving the lockdowns in California, the most restrictive state in the nation, and that began a domino effect to end those church lockdowns. So we've been involved in that, but we've been involved in many other things, the vax mandates that came out in 2021. We also had a case that I argued in 2022 Shirtler versus City of Boston, and we won that case nine to zero. And that case uh, became the catalyst for overturning the 51-year-old terrible decision by the Supreme Court during the activist decade of the 70s, the 1971 case of Lemon versus Kurtzman, which had, had been used for 51 years to censor religious viewpoints and religious symbols. And as a result of Shirtliff combined with the Coach Kennedy case, uh, the 51-year-old precedent is no more and can no longer be used as a bully club to censor people of faith and religious viewpoints. So we're involved in a wide variety of issues. We're also involved in the Dobbs decision. Our amicus brief was cited by the U.S. Supreme Court when it overturned Roe versus Wade. So we're involved in a wide variety of issues of religious freedom, sanctity of life, and family-related matters all over the country. Talk to me about um, this um, this very interesting, uh, the developments we've seen in the whole vaccine discussion, vaccine mandates, but particularly the vax, all types of research. As you know, we've been partnered with Naomi Wolf and um, I shouldn't say partnered. We've had volunteers. They, they're the leaders the, 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 over Daily Cloud. She's got Amy Kelly and this team and, and a bunch of uh, very smart lawyers. We've kind of provided the 3,500 people that have been the research muscle. Uh, and she's had all these developments off of the Pfizer documents, all these documents that a federal judge made him turn over for uh, about when they were doing the trials and then when they were building the vaccine over that very short period of time. Talk to me about the vax. What are you, what are you guys doing in regards to the vax? And Because it seems to me that we're on the cusp of something big happening here. Yeah, we are on the cusp of something big happening. And we've been on this issue some, since the very beginning. I know you have too, and Naomi Wolf has as well, and her research team she's done, and you all have done an incredible job of getting information out. This is the biggest fraud that's ever been perpetrated on the world, frankly, and it is a genocidal fraud by these pharmaceutical companies and in collusion with various governments, including the World Health Organization, Bill Gates, and others. Uh, we have been pushing for medical freedom with regards to these issues. But beyond that, there's a real issue. Okay, hang on. Hold, hold. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang, hang, hang on for a second. Hang, hang on for a second. The reason I love you coming on, the reason I love Liberty Council, and I love you in particular, is that you're not a guy that runs around with your hair on fire. You, you've taken, right. like Mike Johnson in the old, you've taken long shot cases. You guys don't take on everything. You think it through. When you go in, you play to win, and you play to win under the rule of law and evidence and, and using the English common law in the American system. 
So when I have Matt Staver, who's about as steady and eddy as you can possibly get, when I have you sounding like the wildest conspiracy theory guys, or at least what the mainstream media says are these nutcase, tinfoil hat wearing, you know, Alex Jones land, right? Conspiracy theory. This is the greatest, uh, the greatest conspiracy ever, the biggest fraud ever, genocidal fraud, etc. When I'm hearing that coming from you, it has a particular punch. It's got some force in back of the punch. So go back to that and just deconstruct that and tell the audience what Matt Staver means by that. Yeah, and, and to back that up, you know, like I said, we take cases to the United States Supreme Court, and we won recently nine to zero. We've won many cases at the U.S. Supreme Court. We also represented men and women in the military. We won a class action lawsuit against the United States Marines and the Department of Defense. They ended up having to pay $1.8 million. We took on the biggest pharmaceutical entity in Illinois, North Shore University Health System, thousands and thousands of employees. We won that as a first class action against them in the entire nation. The only one that still stands regarding the COVID shots, 10.3 plus million dollars. So we have not only a very aggressive and skilled legal team, but we have a very skilled research team. And on the COVID issue and particularly the VAX itself, we've done a incredible amount of research. So when I say that, I'm not being histrionic. I, that is just what the facts are. And recently, there's a verified study that came out in April of 2023. Four Massachusetts-based uh, researchers discovered the presence of parts of DNA sequence known as the simian virus 40 or the SV40 origin enhancer promoter, which has long been used in experimental gene therapy research. Uh, this is a real problem to have within these COVID shots. And this is particularly that was discovered in the Pfizer slash BioNTech shots. Typically what happens in manufacturing the mRNA COVID shot, you have bacterial produced circular DNAs that are used as a template to make the modified RNA, which after purification then is supposed to eliminate all of the residual DNA fragments. The problem that what we found in this and what these researchers have discovered is that there are DNA fragments that were not purified that still remain in the Pfizer BioNTech vials. Now, why is that a problem? That's a problem because of this SV40. Uh, this is an animal type of uh, product, and this is a residual DNA that's in the vax that goes into your body. And so these researchers found the levels of that residual DNA fragment to exceed acceptable levels that has been set by even the World Health Organization and the FDA and others. So these are problematic in that what uh, one of the researchers who formerly was with uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology uh, human Genome Project, who was one of the researchers for this, he said that what these fragments can do is that these fragments can create various kinds of cancers and various mutations. They can alter your DNA. They can impact your DNA structure within your body. And that's why it's so serious. And that particular study has been confirmed uh, by other studies, at least three other studies, and multiple studies have done this. Uh, another study confirmed the same findings that McKernan's study found, uh, and that was uh, done by uh, a cancer genetics lab at the University of South Carolina. A third study by other virologists and biochemists and experimental pathologists, uh, that was studied uh, 27 different vials of the COVID-modified mRNA products, and those researchers also found residual DNA exceeding the FDA's and World Health Organization's DNA to mRNA ratio limit, which means this is a real problem when it's injected into a human being and may be one of the reasons, among many others, why we're seeing these viral cancers that happen Someone finds out that they have cancer after they've gotten the second or third COVID shot, and they find out that they not only have cancer, but it's already metastasized to stage four. We're having these rapidly progressing cancers and these other kinds of uh, conditions that are happening around the world. And uh, this is uh, real problematic because, uh, one, you know, 
originally, and here's the problem with some of our laws in the United States. In the 1980s, we gave immunity to these vaccine makers. So if you make a drug like a Vicodin or whatever it might be, and it causes harm, you can sue them and you have class action lawsuits. We have that right now with the opioid crisis. But if you make it vaccine, you call it a vaccine, you've got legal immunity. So you have no liability whatsoever. But in the Pfizer-BioNTech situation, that liability does not include fraud. And the Health Canada entity, which is equivalent to, say, our FDA here in the United States, says that when this was presented to the regulators and to the other regulators, Pfizer did not reveal, although it knew or should have known, Pfizer withheld the information that this DNA fragment was in their vials. That's fraudulent. That's willful misconduct. And that's not going to be protected by the federal law known as the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act or the PREP Act. That will not protect willful misconduct. And what we may have here, Steve, and I think this is significant, is willful misconduct on behalf of big pharma, particularly Pfizer and BioNTech. And if that's the case, that opens them up for enormous liability. How could, um, you know, you, you think you're watching one of these Richard Gere movies or these movies from the 90s when there was a lot of movies that came out about this, about chemical companies. And how could this, how could people, researchers and people know this? Because you're saying it was, if you're one of those researchers or scientists, relatively easy to understand this, what you had and what you happened. What would compel them, the scientific guys, and the, not the business guys at the top, but the scientific guys, research guys, not from raising holy hell and saying we can't go forward with this. And this is, by the way, why it normally takes on the vaccines 10 years. Or we've never gotten a vaccine for SARS-1, uh, that it takes normally 10 years. You can't compress this into some short period of time. But what, what do you think would possess them not to come forward and say, hey, we just got to start over again. We're a year into this and it's going to take longer and we just got to get it done. Billions of dollars does it uh, because you have these vaccine companies. Uh, they got billions of dollars from the United States government and from other world governments to develop these uh, shots at a very rapid pace. I understand cutting bureaucracy, but there's certain things that you just can't truncate. And this is one of those because typically to create a vaccine is minimum of seven to 10 years, five years of which takes testing because what a vaccine does of any nature you know, one month or two months out doesn't let you know what it might do two years, five years down the road. So you not, not only have to test time, but you have to test a wide variety of individuals, ages, people with comorbidities to determine the safety and efficacy of that vaccine. You can't short circuit that process. But when you have the pressure to get this out, and now not only they're not using typical vaccine technology, they're using an experimental mRNA technology, and billions and billions of dollars are at stake, then you have this inertia, particularly within the medical community. What we found within the medical community is that the medical community, many people within that community don't think for themselves. They just go with what they're told by the pharmaceutical company or the journals. And if you want to get something published, you have to be pro, you know, big pharma in these cases to publish something in this arena that would criticize it. You're not going to get your article published. So there is this conspiracy of silence, if you will. And I think it's all fueled by the vaccine, big pharma liability, the companies. And so when you look at the government agencies, well, how are the government agencies involved? Well, if you look at, say, for example, Bill Gates, uh, Bill Gates has a revolving door between his nonprofits and the WHO and the other agencies and the people that are in the FDA and the CDC and the NIH. Uh, they're not going to criticize big pharma because once they transition out of their government job, they're going to get a big lucrative job with one of those Gates uh, nonprofits or they're gonna get a big job with one of the big pharmaceutical companies. So there's this revolving door between big pharma and the drug agencies. And there's this revolving door and this symbiotic relationship between people like Bill Gates and his nonprofits. We could have a whole program just on the incredible amount of money that he made 
in investing in BioNTech. I mean, how did he choose BioNTech as an example? It was a company that was eight or 10 years old, never had a FDA approved product. And yet in 2019, he invested millions and millions of dollars into BioNTech. And then lo and behold, BioNTech gets this job to create an mRNA shot along with Pfizer, but BioNTech was the entity. And now it becomes a huge uh, profit for Bill Gates. There is a symbiotic connection between that. And so I think what we've seen is there's a reformation that is necessary within the agencies that regulate big pharma, like the FDA, CDC, NIH. Within big pharma itself, we need to amend and change the laws so that they don't have this liability protection for vaccines that goes back to the 1980s. And we also need to challenge the medical community to start thinking for yourself. Many of them are but so many are not. Um, the, 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 um, the extra uh, national organizations, WHO, all these other medical organizations that, that have a say-so on the sovereignty here in the United States and in, in, the, in the involvement, what is their, how do they actually connect? Because the American taxpayers basically underwrite that through, the, through our contributions to the UN. How does that have a role here? You mentioned WHO. We've been on that, but I want to hear from you. How, how does that hardwire in to this entire situation? Well, let's take Novavax, for example. Novavax got uh, $1.6 billion from the federal government. They had never had an FDA-approved product to go out and be one of these other companies to create an mRNA or some other kind of COVID shot. Well, they weren't successful in doing it. Uh, they tried to go through the regulation here in the United States, but they didn't meet regulatory standards to get their COVID shot approved. So guess what? Bill Gates actually invested into Novavax, this little company that had never gotten an approved drug. And before you know it, uh, with Bill Gates being the largest single individual donor to the WHO, Novavax gets an emergency use authorization approved in December of 2021 by the WHO, not the FDA, by the WHO. And then after that, Lo and behold, even though it's shown to be not effective and it was actually done under the Omicron variant that's uh, no longer around, then the FDA falls in line. And then finally, the World Health Organization just in October uh, gives another emergency use authorization to a variant of that. So the World Health Organization is very much involved, not only in current big pharma, being controlled and being influenced by specifically its big donors like Bill Gates, who gives billions of dollars to the WHO. Uh, but he also was the individual whom the WHO was using through his nonprofits to distribute these COVID shots globally. So he made billions of dollars on this, and then he gave billions of dollars back to the WHO. So what we have is Big Pharma right in the mix of all this. And the WHO is right in the middle of all that. And by the way, the WHO in May of 2024 plans to actually take it another step further to pass these amendments to the international health regulations and a new pandemic treaty, which Joe Biden is pushing to sign on to. And if that is successful, these will no longer be recommending advisory opinions from the WHO. They will be binding legally so under international law on the United States. And that includes vaccines, it includes protocol, it includes lockdowns and so much more. It includes climate change and all those other policies that they want to push globally. Uh, this is a very serious threat to our freedom on a global scale. Matt, I notice um, that um, you guys in, in your philosophy, you don't chase a lot of rabbits. Uh, you are very thoughtful about taking a case that you think can prove a point and a greater point and taking that all the way to the Supreme Court in victory. As you look at the battlefield today of this, um, how do you see your guys getting involved? How, how is Liberty Council, what's their take on this play? Well, certainly uh, we are continuing to research and provide information out there, but we are also working in various different realms with litigation and in support of litigation on a wide variety of issues, uh, including continuing litigation against the Department of Defense. The Department of Defense, it looks like, 
was uh, putting pressure on uh, not only their employees or their service members, which we were directly involved with defending, but also using their influence with the WHO and also using their influence within the private contractor sector to push these COVID shots under the Biden administration. So there's a lot more that's going to be uncovered. And frankly, I think in this area of what's in these shots, what did Pfizer know? What did the FDA know? What did they give to these regulators, not only here in America, but around the world? That is an explosive piece that could blow the lid off of this immunity that these big pharma manufacturers are hiding behind with regards to the vaccine immunity. And I think that's another big wave that's coming down the pipe. What would you like to see Congress doing right now? How can Congress be, they've got this upcoming Wuhan and, you know, and I don't mean to be on these folks every day, but I'm on them every day because just not a sense of urgency or depth. Are you comfortable right now? And I'm not asking you to dump on people, but are you comfortable right now of with the information that's out there of what the Republican House on the investigative side is doing with this? You know, I've known uh, Speaker Mike Johnson for many years. He was actually uh, worked with us on a case and when he was in Louisiana. So I have high respect for him. I am glad that he is Speaker of the House and I think he will do a great job. Uh, I, however, though, in general with the Republican leadership, uh, would like them to be more urgent about what's happening here with regards to these issues pertaining to COVID, the COVID policies, and especially, especially regarding the WHO. We just recently had some meetings with high-level staffers. I won't mention who they are or the committee that they were with. They get the urgency of what's happening with the WHO, um, but I'm concerned that the train's already moving and we need an all-out, all-hands-on-deck effort to stop the WHO and what's happening on a global scale. Because what's happening with these revelations with Pfizer and BioNTech, that's going to be minimal compared to if the WHO is actually successful in doing what Biden wants it to do and what the plan is, and that is to move from an advisory entity to a legally binding entity that its directives are no longer just advisory or recommendations, but they are binding. I mean, let that sink in, that this world government system in Geneva would be able to control our policies, not only on healthcare, but on travel, on whether we have a, a QR code that we have to put on our cell phone for a vaccine or a health digital passport, or what kind of policy we have with regards to growing crops or exports or imports, all of that is in their system. And we are really, Steve, six months away from catastrophe. And that is urgent. And the Republicans in Congress, both House and Senate, they need to wake up and take this on directly and stop Joe Biden from putting America under the WHO. I just want to play a clip. Uh, this is going to take a minute or two. James Carville on Bill Maher the other night, because you fight for religious liberty. I just want you to listen to this. Let's go ahead and play it. Mike Johnson, he's Ooh. from your home state of Louisiana, oh. the Speaker of the House. I read today he wrote a foreword in a book right. that describes to conspiracy theories and homophobic insults. I thought, Mike, Mike Johnson wrote the foreword to the Bible? Uh, <laughs> Do you think Mike Johnson can hold his party together now that he has taken the mantle? Well, first of all, I don't think he can hold his party together. Second of all, you're exactly right. Mike Johnson and what he believes is one of the greatest threats we have today to the United States. When I, 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 I promise you, I know these people. Well, you're talking about Christian nationalism. That's absolutely. This is a bigger <clears throat> threat than al-Qaeda. Of, to this country. They, and let me tell you something. They're Speaker of the House. They got probably at least two Supreme Court justices, maybe more. Right? Don't kid yourself. And, and people in the press have no idea who this guy is, how he was formed, what the threat is. And this is a fundamental threat to the United States. It is a fundamental threat. They don't believe in the Constitution. They'll tell you that. He, they, Mike Johnson himself says, what is democracy but, but two wolves and a lamb having lunch? Uh, that's what they really, really, really believe. And to say, 
Oh, come on, man, that's just some crazy shit. No, no. They, they believe that, and they're coming, and they've been doing it forever. They're funded. They're funded. They're yeah. relentless. And, you know, they probably won't win for a while, but they might. No, and if just, they do, yeah. it's, you blow the whole uh, Staver, uh, they're not talking about Johnson. They're talking about you, your response. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, they're talking about anybody who believes in God, that there is a God. It's like, oh, my goodness, you know, the Declaration of Independence talks about a creator. I guess it's talking about all those people, too. Anybody who believes in God, who loves freedom, who loves life. I mean, that's who they're talking about. They don't even know basic terms like democracy, because what Mike Johnson is referring to, if he actually said that, is not freedom. He's talking about mobocracy or mob rule rather than a Republican form of government. That's what he would be referring to if, in fact, he even said that. But this is a very hateful ideology that James Carville and uh, Bill Maher are espousing against people of faith, people that have Judeo-Christian values, that believe in God and love this country. Uh, we don't want to force people to believe everything that we do, we want to be able to have the freedom in this country uh, to actually live and thrive and not have the government constantly in our face. You know, we want to have secure borders. We want to have a strong national security and defense so that we can have our freedom and that we can enjoy our life and that we can grow up to be whatever we aspire. Matt, can, Matt can, you, can you just hang on for one second? Because I want to just keep you shortly after the break to give how people get access to Liberty Council. Matt Staver, sure. we'll take a short break. Harnwell and Joe Allen also on the other side. Make sure you stick around. Maybe get a cup of Warpath coffee. Time to get jacked up for the last half hour of the show. Warpath.coffee slash Warham. See you back here in a minute. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do. With more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value. Because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. The apples in your holiday pie taste amazing, but it's not exactly the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables. The Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and your cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day, which, as you know, is almost impossible. That's why you need to check out Field of Greens. Every fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, and your immune system. Yo, folks, the holidays are here, and you need to stay healthy. Plus, you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier. Field of Greens is the simplest way to get those daily fruits and veggies, and it tastes amazing. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. Make sure you take, take it today. Use your agency. Action, action, action. Fieldofgreens.com. Promo code Bannon. Debt. You go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. Now, here's the truth. The system traps you in debt. High interest credit cards and loans make it nearly impossible to pay off your debt. And insane inflation keeps you stuck paycheck to paycheck. Done with debt is your lifeline. 
Done with Debt has an ingenious new strategy to help erase your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Done with Debt analyzes all the debt options you qualify for. They know how to reduce bills. They know how to cut interest rates. Their skilled staff of negotiators know how to get debt out of your life permanently, without bankruptcy, and without additional loans. Done with debt are the experts in brilliant strategies for eliminating debt, but you need to hurry because some debt solutions are time sensitive. Now, here's how easy they make it. Go to donewithdebt.com. That's done to debt com done with debt.com go there today action 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 stop the worrying take action war room battleground with stephen k bannon okay uh matt staver i want people and i want to say this having done this now for i don't know over uh i think we're going over four years now this is one of the more important interviews we've done because um, what I admire about you guys is you don't take on a lot of things. But when you take it on, there's a point to it. There's a purpose to it. And you play to win. Um, and that's what we need. How do people find out more about Liberty Council? I want people to go to the site. I want to find out about I want people to become acquainted with your work. Uh, and then I need your social media, sir. Thank you. Well, certainly you can go to our website. Very simple, lc.org, just two letters, lc.org, and we have lots of information there. You can find out about us, and you can also subscribe to our emails that we send out on a regular basis, lc.org. And then uh, Liberty Council has uh, a lot of social media. Uh, just look for Liberty Council on, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Telegram, Substack. We have a Substack that we have there as well. So we're on all the social media platforms. And you can find more about those social media platforms by going to lc.org. And you can hit the subscribe button and other information about media. You know, when uh, Carvel and uh, Bill Maher are talking about it on the, you know, Maher show is one of the most highly rated shows out there, particularly for politics. It's up on HBO, but it's got a huge, vast following, particularly of the secular you know, the secular left, um, you're, you're, you're over the target. <laughs> you are over the target brother. And I'm going to say yeah. something, this vax thing and what you're talking about, about the immunity and WHO, this is going to take us a decade or two to work through, but it is going to be one of the most important fights for the sovereignty of this nation and her people, sir. So, and people throughout I, the world, you're going to free I, a lot of people in this. This is, this is, uh, this is as big as it gets. It's hurt a lot of people. It's hurt friends that I know. Uh, it's taken the lives of people that I know. Um, I won't name them, but they're good friends that were pressured for one reason or another to get these shots, and they're no longer with us, or they're suffering disabilities now. And there's so many countless people that I've talked to. This is the biggest perpetration of fraud and genocide, frankly, globally. And I think you're right, Steve. This will unfold over the next decade, but it'll be one of the biggest issues that we see written in the history books, and we're right in the middle of it, and we're going to continue to be part of it as well. Thank you for what you're doing. Brother Staver, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. I want to walk through another one we were right on, and this audience was right on from the very beginning. What we're proud about is that we get into these things, we get the details, we get a point of view, and we're right. And this audience backs us up, and then they understand it. They become right. Uh, I want to play a quick cold open. I got two heroes about to come on, Harnwell and Joe Allen, on two different topics. Let me, let's me let start with Harnwell's cold open. The aid that the United States has been providing for the last almost two years now is into question. Republicans, Republicans so far saying if foreign aid is part of a national security bill, the bill also must include money for the southern border. Yesterday, Senate Democrats unveiled a $111 billion national security package, which includes foreign aid and measures targeting the border. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he would give Republicans a vote on a Republican-written border policy amendment if they vote today in favor of opening debate on the foreign aid package, so do it separately. The offer was rejected by his counterpart in the Senate, Republican Mitch McConnell. Yesterday, Schumer warned his Republican colleagues what is expected of them and what the Republican Party of old would think about it. If Republicans want to bring up immigration right now, right in the middle of trying to pass aid to Ukraine and other issues, the onus is on them to present serious 
bipartisan proposals that can get broad support from Democrats, Ronald Reagan would be rolling in his grave, rolling in his grave, if he saw his own party let Vladimir Putin roll, roll through Europe. So once again, I urge my Republican colleagues to think carefully, carefully about what's at stake with this week's vote. What we do now will reverberate across the world for years and decades to come. So, Jack, you take us inside the dynamics in the Senate. The House is one thing, obviously, but the Senate, this briefing yesterday, a bipartisan briefing, um, where the Department of Defense, Department of State tried to prevail upon Republicans to get the Ukraine funding passed. They say, if we don't fund them, they're going to lose the war, that Putin's going to roll through Ukraine. Um, but they want attached to it, to this legislation, border protections, border security money. Schumer, as we heard there, says, we will do that, but let's do it separately. How is this going to play out? That is the fundamental issue here, that Democrats ultimately do not want to appropriate this money with border funding. And Republicans don't trust Democrats enough. They, they don't trust what Senator Schumer just proposed there to do this separately because they don't think that it will ultimately get pushed through. And, and this is life with such slim majorities in both the Senate and uh, the House, where, you know, these two to three um, vote majorities, uh, it makes it all but impossible to get things through this highly contentious and, and polarized environment, especially on these issues, immigration uh, and foreign aid, When, especially when the Republican Party, the tides have clearly turned towards this more isolationist um, posture and, and overall foreign spending in general is becoming increasingly popular. And the more and more the administration and Democratic lawmakers on the Hill try to make the case that we should be dedicating more money towards Ukraine, uh, Israel, et cetera, um, you know, even foreign funding for, for climate projects and, and really, you know, spending across the board, the more Republicans are doubling down on their desire to, to withhold that money uh, and then sort of redirect the attention to the lack of funding that the Biden administration is throwing their weight behind when it comes to the border, which if you talk to any progressive uh, Hispanic congressional caucus groups, they they simply don't believe that that money will make any sort of difference on the border, that there is an inherent policy problem when it comes to immigration, and that just throwing resources, more um, border okay. patrol, et cetera, okay. is not going to have it. Um, they're holding they're holding they're holding the sovereignty of the country, the, it, it, the capture on Ukraine funding the oligarchs. Understand what you're doing here. She also I think it's Jackie Alamy, right? She's one of the smartest young reporters out there. Um, she um, a complete lefty, but very, very smart. I think she was at the captain of the Harvard girls basketball team uh, very smart she made a misstatement the foreign spending is becoming more unpopular it may be for the democrats how they're putting it out but not when they have to face the consequences of the budget and that's what the republicans in this MAGA audience is doing she didn't get the drama and we weren't able to get the clips i saw them last night but somehow i couldn't remember when i saw them i just want to go back there was virtually almost a fist fight in this thing and this is quite important for this audience because this is what your pressure to have them think about we need the sovereignty of our country. The border, we're, 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 the only border we care about is the southern border of the United States, not the eastern-speaking uh, Russian, uh, the, or the Russian-speaking eastern border of Ukraine. We don't care about it. That's not the vital national security interest of the United States. To get this through, and remember out there, I keep talking about, when you, we talk about all this spending, they're not even passing the appropriation bills. The only spending they're thinking about right now is adding to this fiasco of the deficits by another $111 billion. I'm not making it up. That's there were $111 billion, 80 to go to Ukraine. Okay, that's 80 to go to Ukraine, to the oligarchs. So what do they do last night? To try to shame everybody, they have a top secret briefing. They bring in all the Pentagon flag officers to make a presentation to the Senate to try to, and they just what they try to scare Johnson with the first time. Then they're going to have, on top of that, Zelensky's coming in by Zoom. So this whole thing's set up. They got it. They got a top secret briefing, which they're essentially going to say, you senators on the 5th of December found out that uh, Putin's going to be rolling tanks into Paris if you don't do this like Hitler in, uh, in what, in 40, uh, in 41. Uh, he's going to you're going to be or in 40, I guess it was. You're going to be um, you're going to be part of this. You're the uh, you're the problem. Uh, you look the other way. This is Munich. 
Oh, and by the way, St. Zelensky is going to follow up and tell you, you know, how much we need it and how important you are and everything like that. This breaks out virtually a fistfight. They start screaming at each other. First, they start screaming at the generals. I think a lot of it is how they've been misled and a lot of misinformation has been put out there. And a lot of these guys politically are way out on a limb on this. I think there's some accusations about how, what do we know about these briefings? How good have you guys been? Then they start getting at each other, the Republicans, about, yo. We need the border sealed, and we're not going to have any conversation. And even some guys saying, well, you can't do that. You can't seal the border. You can't. What Mike Johnson's talking about, this HR2 putting all this stuff up there, because Johnson told him, hey, how about this? You scared me, and I got nervous, but then the war room posse came in. They have my back. Uh, I'm not even, they sent a letter. I'm not sending even a bill to the floor until you seal the border first, which they're in complete meltdown. There's not going to be a vote. You're not going to have all these Democrats vote for this. They almost get in a fist fight, and guess what? They tell Zelensky, hey, I don't think it's a good time to come in and pitch because there's nothing to pitch. Ben Harnwell, the job you've done is magnificent on this and opening up, particularly from the capitals of Europe and the battlefield over there, what's really going on. Now the war room posse wants a fight. I want to repeat this. The only reason they would not leave on the afternoon of the 14th to go up and take another three week vacation. Oh, yes. Excuse me. They're going to go home and have town halls every day back in their districts. The only reason they're going to go take a three-week vacation, the only way they would stay a minute longer, has nothing to do with the crisis of spending. It has to do with getting $80 billion to the money laundering operation, the child trafficking situation, and Victoria Newland's bio labs, bioweapons lab in Ukraine. Ben Harn will take it away, sir. Steve, good evening to you. You're absolutely right. I think the principal difference, just to discuss the United States for one moment, and the, the fisticuffs uh, broke out last night. The principal difference right now between Republicans and Democrats is that Republicans are concentrating on the 5th of November 2024, the date of the next presidential election. Um, that is the date that, that is that is preoccupying them because they know that they're going to have to fight for every vote um, uh uh, out there, right? The Democrats are not thinking about the 5th of November 2024 anymore. And they're thinking primarily about 2044, November 2064. They're thinking generations ahead. What do I mean by that? Why is it so existential to Democrats that there is an open southern border right now that is more important than funding Ukraine or even Israel. Why is this so important? Because they need to fill the country with as many future Democrat voters as they possibly can. And that's a great strategy for them. It's a great strategy for them. Who knows, in 20 years' time or 30 years' time, it might be, demo it probably will be currently demographically impossible ever to have another Republican in the White House again. That is why the nature of this fight is, is, is so intense. Hear commentators like we had it in, in the cold, cold open saying, oh, money here, money then, all the rest of it. You could listen nonstop, Steve, to the mainstream media for, 20, for 24 hours, uh, seven days a week. And you will never, ever any, hear you know, everyone's talking about, about money. Dollars need to go here. Dollars need to go there. Right. We need spending here. This policy is over there. It's failing. We need to increase this budget. You will basically... Listening to the mainstream media constantly, the only voices you will ever hear saying we're spending too much money are members of the Freedom Caucus that are out, um, that have been reeled in for, 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 to be a talking head on, on an overwhelmingly Democrat slanted news programme. That's the only voices you will hear um, in the mainstream media, right? That is why Republicans are, are um, becoming more and more militant um, right now. Um, in and let's, let's, let's not forget, right, Zelensky was cancelled last night. Uh, now, the BBC, by interesting enough, say that it was Zelensky who cancelled his video appointment. I wouldn't believe that remotely. Um, I think that's just the, the BBC's um, diversion. Steve, if I could um, move on, if I may, there are three um, sure. stories sure, yeah. here that... that, that um, that cement something that we have been tentatively suggesting and speculating on without sort of any direct um, hard evidence, but, the, but, but by looking at the, 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 the signs that are taking place. And this is the idea that there is increasing um, 
divisions, political and military divisions in Ukraine. There are three stories that, that have come out in the last 24 hours. Let's go straight away, if I may, um, to the FT, right? Headline here, Kiev's political feuds cause cracks in Ukrainian military. Um, we haven't been able, you know, we've put this down on the agenda, I think, for, for about four, four, four or so days, Steve. We haven't had a time to bring it onto the show. Vitaly Klitschko, who is the, the mayor of Kiev, came out, I think it was in um, the Spiegel, um, and gave an astonishing interview in which he said that at some point we will no longer be any different from Russia, where everything depends on the whims of one man. Uh, now, this guy has clearly got presidential ambitions of his own, and um, uh, that I posted a link to another BBC article yesterday that I don't know if it, whether it was inadvertent or whether it was deliberate, but they basically suggested that if Zelensky falls, these are the, the two potential contenders that might replace him. One of them is the mayor of Kiev, and the other one, of course, um, is the, 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 the commander-in-chief, the, the Ukrainian commander-in-chief, um, both of whom, basically, are, are covered in these three articles, which I'm just going um, to, 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 to talk through now. Um, specifically, with regards to, um, to Ukraine and what was taking place in the United States, the FT is talking about the political feuding, which it says that um, is creating what they call a worrying sign, that the unity that has held the country together in the face of Russian aggression is beginning to crack. And of course, I would gently correct that and say there have been divisions between the military uh, high command and the political infrastructure for about a year now, Steve. What, what is happening is that these the fissures are becoming visible. And I would suggest that the reason they're becoming visible is for, is for this reason. It's because it is clear that the United States is no longer supporting President Zelensky. And that is important because if you look at it from the perspective of the government of Ukraine, right, which is basically an assemblage of, of oligarchs, of corrupt oligarchs all on the grift, right? That collectively is what we call in inverted commas the government of Ukraine. Zelensky had a key role to play when he was able to basically go at the click of his fingers and address Parliament and summon presidents and prime ministers to his presence. Um, and he brought the, he kept the money coming in, he kept the dollars coming in to, to this cash-thirsty regime. He had a role to play. When it is now clear, Steve, that he has been discarded, then, of course, the regime says, well, you know, basically, the war is failing. It's only a question of time how... ...long CV, Steve to lose a war. Anyone can lose a war. What do they need Zelensky for? And I think that is the, the, the reasoning taking place now in the, the, the Kiev establishment. Um, and why we're seeing these fissures start to come across. One of the things that's coming um, out in, into these three articles, and I will post the links to this, you can get them via Getter or um, on, uh, on Bannon's War Room on our Rumble channel, right? One of the arguments that's coming forward, Steve, is that... Um, the commander-in-chief and the president, the reason that they're at loggerheads um, is because they both think the other is intervening in their terrain. The military thinks that, 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 that Zelensky is, is there using the war. And I, I've got a quote, if you want to source this, someone has actually gone on the record to say this, that they think um, that, that Zelensky has been using the war for her political uh, his political benefit. And, and of course, the, the, the um, Andrei Yermak, who's the chief of staff, and Zelensky are, are being attributed the view that it's in fact the military that is intervening too much in politics. See, these are the fissures now that are starting to, to break out. No one yeah. wants to have ownership of the failed counteroffensive. Hey, Ben, we got to bounce, uh, but I'm going to have you back on tomorrow. And I want to I want to add this. Uh, the military and Zelensky are the unity. There's break. I'm not sure how much they were really unified. They're breaking apart. In addition, our military is getting much more involved in, in the political. What I mean by that, Austin's telling people Austin's telling people uh, and going around Capitol Hill and saying, hey, if we don't pass the funding 
eventually you're going to have American troops there. So this thing is starting to metastasize. It's going to get a lot uglier. Don't think because they had this fracas last night that we've seen the last of this. The Democrats and the uniparty Republicans, their number one priority, if I could leave you with anything to take away from this and from Ben Harnwell's reporting, the number one priority for these people is not the financial condition of this country, is to get get $80 billion into the money laundering operation because they need the need to keep going on. Ben, we got to bounce. Where do people get to you? on Getter. We'll have you back on tomorrow morning. Great, Steve. Thanks very much. Yep. Um, via the exclusive newsletter on warroom.org, on Bannon's War Room, on Rumble, and of course on at Steve Bannon on, uh, on Getter. Thanks so much, Steve. God bless. Thank you, brother. Uh, we're going to be back at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. It's going to be lit. I think Yoram Hazani is going to join us. Dave Bratt's going to be uh, with us. We've got a lot to go through in the geopolitics, obviously the finance, and so many breaking news stories on the on politics, and particularly what's going to go on Capitol Hill, I think if we do our job, they got to stay past the 14th. I mean, this is ridiculous. This financial crisis is up in our face. The $2.5 trillion deficit in the trailing 12 months, a trillion dollars added just in 90 days to the face amount of debt, of which we'll never pay off a penny. The exploding nature of the interest payments, all of it, and they refuse to address it. And we have to force them. Like, we've got to rub their nose in it. We're going to have to do it. What you need to do right now, I think, is talk to Birchgold, birchgold.com slash Bannon. Get to Philip Patrick and the team today. Ask them to talk to you about the underlying forces that are driving uh, this rise in gold. You need to understand that. Also, we're always trying to protect you. HomeTitleLock.com. Make sure you go there. Don't let cyber combine with AI get into your life. Jace Medical. Don't let the Chinese Communist Party on the supply chain cut your medicines off from you. JaceMedical.com. Go there. Go to Home Title Lock, Birchgold. All of it. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. in the War Room. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer. Every year, year in and year out, heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out.